Hello and welcome. You are listening to Thoughtless Casual Gaming with Brett and Jace. We are a Geelong-based gaming podcast where we play games badly and then talk shit about them. Uh, but we've got a bit of a special episode today. Today, we are joined by Reese from Vanguard Garage Gaming. How are you, Reese? Hey, all. I'm good, man. I'm good. Thanks for having us on. No, that's fine. Super appreciated, and this is kind of the follow-up from our thoroughly uninformed uh, introduction to Conquest, The Last Argument of Kings, uh, where we knew absolutely nothing, and we thought, what better way to do a follow-up is than to get someone who actually knows anything about the game. Because <laughs> uh, anything is better than nothing. It's usually, a low bar. Usually. <laughs> Look. We've got a couple of questions prepared. We're just going to throw them at you, Reese, and um, yeah, try and get a bit of a and well, expert is sort of a high uh, low bar when it comes to us, but <laughs> um, some sort of idea about how this game is played that you know answers we're not getting from YouTube. Let's say, yes. Yeah, uh, but first and foremost, how does it feel lowering yourself to appearing on substandard podcasts? Mate, I wouldn't say it's lowering at all. Um, as much as I hate the sound of my own voice, I equally enjoy getting the word of conquest out. I've been doing it for two years now um, that I've been a Vanguard for. So basically since day one that the game rocked up in Australia, I reached out, became part of the Vanguard program, um, and I've just been chugging along ever since, which has been great fun. Damn, so from day one, I mean, I suppose, you know, give us a little bit of AO. You know, race 101 what is the history where did you come from gaming wise what's the so gaming wise i started oh, probably close to a decade ago now um with warhammer 40k i'm sorry um yeah exactly uh massive space wolves fan um sadly enough the game doesn't uh evoke the lore as much as i would love it to these days but um <laughs> uh but yes i played 40k uh, i've basically trawled through every system i could get my hands on since then i've played warhammer fantasy battle i played of sigma i've played bushido i've played um oh god what else uh i've played Oh, Judgment, I've played Warcaster, I've played War Machine and Hordes, I've played... Yeah, it's just the list goes on and on and on. Um, and then, yeah, one day I just uh, came across... Uh, I was trawling through one of my local gaming stores, their website, and they were like, hey, pre-order's up for this game called Conquest. And I'd heard nothing about it, so I started looking into it. Um, this would have been end of 2019, start of 2020-ish sort of area. Um, I know it was pre, you know, pandemic and everything. So that gives you a rough idea of where we were sitting. Ah, oh, those were um, the days. Yeah, I know, right? And then um, I looked at the models and I was like, these models are really cool. Looked a bit into the game, found out all the rules are free, which just blew my mind coming off the back of Games Workshop. Um, and so read through it all. It sounded really cool. Picked up a starter box, built some models, played some games. And I was like, I actually quite like this. So yeah, like I've, I've basically just played as many games as I can get my hand on. And I've just sort of floated through into this one for the most part. So sort of just falling into it. Like, I mean, that's the killer is there is so many games, you know, out there at the moment. I think, you know, yep. we're, we're feeling the same thing that you kind of float in between and, and trying to play about a thousand games at once and yep. learn the rules for all of them and <laughs> not get confused between editions and all that jazz. So, I mean, from day one is, is pretty crazy. What was, I suppose, what was the thing that first went, right, this is a game I actually need to dig into? Uh, for the most part, it was the models. So having a look at the models, them being 38 mil scales, so they're actually quite large and they, they got a lot of detail and they got a lot of, you know, sort of emphasis behind the actual models. Um, also, I hadn't really played a rank and file game since Warhammer Fantasy Battle. And as much as I enjoyed Warhammer Fantasy Battle, I was never like a huge fan of it. Um, but I liked the idea of, you know, the, the, the blocks of infantry and all that moving along upside the board. And I tried things like a Song of Ice and Fire and that was okay and stuff, but I never really sort of like gelled with it. 
Um, but yeah, with Conquest, it was like reading through the rules and seeing the different ways that things are uh, activated. And the, the big thing for me was the alternating activations, because that's something that not a lot of big army games do. It's usually more designed for skirmish games. Um, but it actually works really well in Conquest. Yeah, look, that was probably one of the things that we first went, oh, you've got the scale of you know an army game, um, but alternating activations, like after playing any game with that, you, you quickly realize that that is just the best way to game. Yeah, it adds so much more diversity to a game. It adds so much more tactics to a game. And there's so much more, um, I, I know, what's the term? Player agency, I think it is, where you're not just, you don't have one player who's just sitting on their phone for 20, 30 minutes while their opponent, you know, moves things and rolls dice. Um, they get to do something every, you know, five minutes or so, which I really appreciate. To play a game where both players are involved, what is this sorcery? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Who would have thunk? What sort of you mentioned Warhammer Fantasy and Age of Sigma? Like the that's obviously the the easy comparison to Conquest as mm-hmm. far as it's a fantasy rank and file sort of game. Is there are there many similarities between the two, or is it that kind of it? Um, I mean, there probably is. A couple in the sense of like the fantasy scope more than anything um but the 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 way that the rank and file works is very very similar to um the warhammer fantasy battle movement so like wheeling being you know a part of your movement and being able to sort of like you know zigzag your way across by wheeling one corner into another and all that sort of stuff so the movement itself is very reminiscent but then i think the rest of the game the, the, the ultimate slogan, I think, and I don't remember if this was an official one, but it's the one that I've always used, is it's a um, skirmish game hidden in an army game. Because the speed that the game actually plays at is really fast. Um, to the point where now, like, me and some of my mates have been playing for the you know most of those two years. We can get a 2,000-point game done in, like, an hour, maybe a little bit more. And so being able to play, like, a big-scale battle game in that time is just great. Um, especially, you know, with lives getting in the way and people, you know, needing to, you know, do stuff with families and work and all that sort of stuff. You don't have time to spend four hours playing a game anymore. Um, so being able to sit down for, you know, a couple of hours over some drinks and a barbecue and just, you know, um, throw some dice around is really good. Yeah, families are the worst. <laughs> so bad that i mean I, I literally i literally watched a game i didn't watch all of a game i kind of you know wandered past occasionally of of another system that shall remain nameless but they legitimately played a four-hour game Oosh. the other day yeah. and i would not like i don't have the attention span um <laughs> or the permission to do either of those things um so yeah no hour so because that was actually that was kind of my follow-up question is you know big big scale game i'm used to the two and a half three hour kind of you know days of Mm. fantasy you know so we're talking once you once you dialed into the rules obviously and you kind of know what everything does yeah but it's like even with even like a new player like if you're playing face to face like i've i've run demos through before where it's a full the full game from start to finish turn one turn ten or victory points whatever you're playing to um and you can get a like a brand new player involved and and like through the game in like two and a bit hours um and that's stopping and checking everything as you go um it's uh the, the the really good thing with conquest is they do a great job of separating basic rules and advanced rules in the core rules and being able to go I'm gonna teach you a game and just use basic rules is a really good way to get the hang of a lot of the, the activation system and then you go all right cool now we're gonna add in advanced rules which is things like your command character or your command models for your, your regiments your extra character stuff um, all your special rules and drawer events and all that sort of stuff that happens as well. So you can start to layer things on little bit by little bit as you demo. Um, and the game allows you to do it even turn by turn. So one of the demos that I usually run is basically a case of... It's usually you do it over about three turns of the game because that's enough time to show a player what's going on. Um, you know, these regiments come on the board. They do the thing and they go through... Um, but you can actually slowly start to add more and more stuff in each turn as they get the hang of what happened the turn before. So, um, yeah, the Parabellum have done an absolutely amazing job at designing the game that way, where you can just keep adding things on until you have the whole package. 
interesting. So you were saying 2,000-point games. Like, how many models would that be? Uh, Depending on the army. So, for example, with uh, the Spires, which are your Space Elves faction, basically, um, you can have a 2,000-point army of Spires, which is just running Force-Grown drones, and you could have hundreds of models. Um, So a, a regiment itself is a minimum of 12 models for infantry. Um, and you can just pile that out. There's no limit in Conquest. You can have as many stands in a regiment as you want. You can have as many copies of a character, as many copies of a regiment as you want. It's basically where your points cap out. And the way that army construction works is each character has a warband, which can only have four regiments in it. And they're separated into mainstay and restricted options. So mainstay means you can have as many as you want. Restricted means you can you have to have one mainstay for each restricted. So a four-slot warband can have two mainstay, two restricted at maximum, basically, without any other special rules that they're yeah. interacting with. Yeah, and look, the ways models break rules is how they you know achieve any kind of depth in any game. So yep, that that exactly. makes hundred percent sense. But as far as an actual army building idea, that sounds like a pretty easy way for a player to get into it you pick your your leading bean guy and then you go right well you need a, a mainstay unit and then you can have a restricted yep 100 yep, and that's um, another really good thing with it as well as a lot of the uh the way that that's designed in the game is rooted in the law so parabellum um have a massive law scope behind the the game and the world the game set in there's so many little bits tidbits of information there's so many factions there's so many like just bits and pieces of story and for each character that you can take in an army the choices it has on its sheet for its warband are usually restricted to what it would have if it was part of that storyline so you've got for example your dweg home which are your dwarves the ardent Kerawa, who's the uh the the priest of war basically and he takes Flame Berserkers, because they're completely dedicated to war. He takes um, the Wardens and the Initiates, because they're devout to the priesthood. Things like that. So everything that he takes makes sense in the story scope. So, I mean, because there's only, what, six factions at the moment? Six factions as of now, yes. That gives you... Even with that, that gives you a pretty decent spread of, you know, different armies or forces you'll yep. come up against different mechanics different play styles and all that jazz because i'm assuming each of those kind of sub factions probably has some little tips and tricks and different stuff yep exactly so each faction has at least four characters um each of those four characters can choose completely different um variations of a warband and they bring their own army rules so if you're playing nords uh which are the the sort of northern vikings um, they have their own army rule, and if you play, you could play a Nords list that's following the Blooded, who's uh, sort of like a demi-human and uh, runs a lot of the sort of mystical beasts and the mystical creatures. Uh, and then you could run a Jarl atta- as another character in your army, and you would have two completely separate sides. You would have basically the men with the Jarl, and you'd have the beasties with the Blooded. So you can just have a completely different scope of your army in that fashion. That is that is pretty cool because you know looking at some again relatively new games. I'm just going to keep coming back to comparisons because I think it's the easiest way to do it. But you know I'm looking at some games that have come out and they've sort of come out with the the base couple of factions and they're slowly introducing more units. But I suppose that whole concept of just how they've built armies and how they're they're building that gives you so much variation and you don't have that whole issue of going oh I'm not interested because it's not the faction I want yet because there is. Mm. I, firstly, everything's new, and I suppose I was really impressed with the, you know, different take on a lot of those kind of standard fantasy tropes that you yep. see. Um, but then, yeah, to have that level of depth in the lore and then to replicate it in a game and to do that all simply, that's... Well, someone's done their homework. <laughs> simply might be a stretch of the uh, the word there for what they've done, but no, Parabellum have done a really good job of making the factions feel really unique and making them slightly different to what you would expect. So the dwarves, you know, they're not your normal stunty dudes who live under a mountain. Sure, they live under a mountain, but they're actually a genetically engineered race that was slaves to the dragons, and they rose up and overthrew them and slaughtered as many as they could find to become their own thing. Um, The Spires were um, a sort of space-hopping elf race that had to run away from what was happening 
on their home exist home plane of existence and they came to the current world ia um and set up their own shop there and they basically sort of orchestrated a lot of the weird stuff that happened since um and created things like the wadroon which are one of the other factions um they were sort of created as a as a as a a, another slave race for the spires essentially but they became very much their own thing and they're your orcs um they but they're they're orcs in a different way they're not like your horde you know keep coming back orcs sort of thing waves at the green tie they're nothing like that they're um, very tribalistic they have a grand, uh, like a huge bond with all of the beasts and the uh creatures of the the forest that they live in um and so the easiest way to paint wadroon is that they are literally orcs with dinosaurs um, because that's the, the 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 sort of companionship they built up in their law, um, and then you've got the Nords, which again is just like a, a completely different spin on sort of Nordic mythology. Because um, in the Nords' eyes, Ragnarok happened, like the big you know end of end of uh, Asgard, and all the gods fell, um, and they're rebuilding after that fact with everything they have. And then you've got the Poor Hundred Kingdoms, which are basically just like the kingdom of men stuck in the middle of all this weirdness, but they're just they just want to keep doing their thing. They want to, you know, cr create the empire that they so rightly deserve to have. So, yeah, it just it keeps on coming that way. Bloody entitled humans. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> this law, I mean, going on, like, the law that they built for this game, like, that was the first thing that struck me, just how in-depth it is. I never considered the fact that it might carry on to the game itself. You know, I'm so yep. used to, I mean, you have... 40k for example with such a it was such an incredible lore story but you know your typical space marine army is going to play like every other typical space marine army so mm -hmm. but that's uh that's something different yep and they they do a big so for example the newest army that's just come out which is the old dominion uh your undead faction right but when you think undead factions in most war games, you think of like an endless horde of skeletons that are all made of paper and they're just there to be like a swarm of bodies. The Old Dominion are very different in the sense that every single one of them was a soldier who was imbued with the essence of their god as it died. Um, and so they are a limited resource. So during the course of a battle, as they die, the rest of the army gets stronger as the essence of that god sort of, you know, exudes into the rest of the force. So where, you know, you would have like, say, for example, Warhammer Fantasy Battle and you've got something like the Tomb Kings where you've just got like hordes and hordes of skeletons. You're pulling like 50 skeletons off, you're putting 50 back. In Old Dominion, you might lose... They're a very tough army, but as you lose them, the ones that remain just get stronger and stronger, and they get to benefit from new rules and new abilities. So, um, a very different take. That's that's super cool because also sort of you know going back to all the traditional undead factions, it's it's always playing against them. The option the the plan A is always cut the head off the snake. You kill the the necromancer or the tomb king or the whoever, and suddenly the rest of the army goes away. Yep. But to do that in reverse. <laughs> and the more you kill, the harder they get. That's, again, just I am continually just surprised and really impressed just by the different take that they, they run on. That's, yeah. Yes. Uh, the um, Stavros, who's, uh, who's one of the, uh, I think, I forget his exact, I feel like it's CEO and he'll probably, you know, hit me for being wrong at some point, I'm 100% sure. Um, but he, he does an amazing job with the law and list, like, if you can sit him down for five minutes and just question him on law, it's like one of the greatest experiences ever as he just like, just vomits like knowledge at you. It's amazing. And look, the other thing there is like how much they're giving away for law. Like, it's just, you just trawl through the website. Yep. Um, and there's heaps of stuff. So, you know, uh, that is a, a different take on things. But I, I'm always really impressed with game companies that invest as much in the storyline, the narrative, and that kind of immersion building stuff as the game mechanics as well. And that's probably, you know, something that I, I'm only seeing from Parabellum in this instance. Hmm. No. And they, they, yeah, it's just so good to. To everything they've brought out has been amazing. The next faction that this, it will be coming out uh, is the, I believe, the City States, and they're your spin on Greek mythology. Um, so basically, they're a splinter of the Old Dominion before uh, the Old Dominion's god fell, and they all, you know, turned into zombies. Uh, and they have their, they created their own empire 
but in doing so, the the man who led them turned himself into a god. But as he and he cloned himself to lead all of these different sections of the the city states, but the process wasn't perfect. So instead of having like this one cohesive mind, they all started to fear each other and plot against each other, and it you know seeded all this dissent. But then the city states have like your your traditional Greek hoplite, but then they have minotaurs that work with them and centaurs and satyrs and so they have all these mythological creatures that work alongside them so yeah there's and it's just like the next faction after that is the weaver courts which are a splinter of the spires from when they first arrived in ear um and so where the spires turn to biological magic to clone themselves in vats and create this army of drones the weavers bonded with the life magic of the planet and so they took on the uh, appearance and the abilities of the flora and the fauna and the seasons, and they became this very like elemental and very animal and plant-based species that that operates completely separately. So you've got the spires, and then like vegan spires. I like basically, it. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. They've got little mushrooms that follow you around. Or? <laughs> don't know yet. Don't know yet. The only model we've seen so far, apart from concept art, is um in the Project Six. Uh, so that's another thing that Parabellum did for um before they released the Old Dominion. They ran a uh, a thing on their website which is called the Living World, and every week people could vote on which army was coming next. And so the Old Dominion won, which is why they released this year. Um, but in doing so, uh, when Parabellum released their tournament kit, which uh, retailers and vanguards can have for their events and their stores, um, it gave uh, a model for each of the three factions in Project 6, which was the Old Dominion, the City States, and the Weaver Courts, um, to use as like a promo. And the model for the Weaver Courts is like this elegant like gowned lady but she has a venus flytrap around like as a collar on her gown um because that's the the bond that she has in that instance so they yeah they're they're very cool little promotional models um i have a city states one sitting on my shelf uh he's glorious um and i've given away the other ones at other events which is always good so it sounds like you guys and i don't know whether this is just you know you guys in the vanguard program or the wider community but are pretty involved with it's, you know, seeing what's coming next, maybe even getting involved and having a say in what's coming next and kind of seeing those previews and stuff. How connected is the Parabellum community with the, the company? Very. So the um, so Parabellum themselves, uh, they are always on their own Discord. So they have a public Discord. Anyone can join it and have a look. Um, but uh, Leandros is the um, community manager. He's the head of the Vanguard program. He's an absolute champion of a man. Um, shake his hand every moment you would ever get. Um, but yeah, he's he's absolutely amazing. Um, but all of the crew at Parabellum, so Stavros, Leo, um, and everybody else that that, you, that, we, uh, that anybody deals with, they're very involved with the community. They want the community to thrive. And if the community goes, hey, we have a problem with this, they look at it, they fix it as soon as they can. Um the game has a evolving rule set, a living rule set. So if someone, if you know, if there's an event that happens and this one list completely steamrolls everybody, and we realize it's broken as all hell, Parabellum will look at it and go, "All right, how can we fix that?" And they'll tweak it down on the spot, and they'll they'll FAQ it as soon as they can. So the living rule set is amazing, and that's why the rules are free online. So basic, and the army builder as well. You can just build lists all day, and you can spend all day doing it. There's so many options. That is dangerous to my work productivity. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so you can, everything's accessible online. And as soon as an update goes live, Parabellum's usually pretty quick to fire out a message on either their social media or on their Discord. Um, and you can just download the newest version of the PDF. There's usually another document which runs through what's changed. Um, and then you've just got everything up to date right in front of you. If anything's changed, it's right there and it's nice and easy to access. That really is the benefit of these smaller companies, isn't it? Being able to just go, oh, that's broken. Here's a fix. Yep. Yeah, so for example, Adepticon happened um, very recently, um, and it was just before Adepticon that there was a tournament update that was released, which was just to tweak a few points from some things that had been overperforming um, in different metas uh, ahead of Adepticon, uh, and also to fix a couple of the core rules interactions and special rules interactions that were going to be sort of more seen in 
the Adepticon tournament as well. So, um, because it was always a case of, hey, you know, uh, for example, the new Hellbringer Drake released for the Dweg home. Uh, it's big dragon. It's got massive cannons on its back. It's right, sickest yeah. model ever. Gun dragon, yep. Gun dragon, exactly. Um, and there was a, an error with one of its special rules. And because it's the only thing with a special rule, that got fixed on the spot for Adepticon. Um, and things like that. So it's just like, if there's a problem, it gets fixed. Parabellum is really quick with it. Um, they're really on top of it. And if there's, you know, constant feedback going, this is a problem, they do consider it. They do repair it if they need to. Excellent. So, so you've mentioned being a Vanguard. Like, what exactly is the job of a Vanguard? Is it just demo games, host tournaments, that sort of thing? Or is it a bit it's, more? It's a bit more. So it's a bit more of a representative. So uh, the way that we sort of structure the Vanguard program is that every store should have a Vanguard. Now, whether it be uh, a... Uh, staff member at the store because you know that sometimes that's just the easiest way to do it or whether it's a regular player um, but basically a vanguard is someone who wants to push the community of the game further where they are um, they are someone who does run um, regular events it doesn't have to, be, have to be like every week it just has to be regular enough that it's a thing that happens mm -hmm. um, but basically it's just a case of you need to be across the rules you need to have some stuff you need to be aware of the game you need to be aware of community building as a whole um, and it's just reaching out and going hey I always go to this store but there's a store 20 minutes down the road I'll pop my head in there see what I can do and if you don't have to if they don't have time to deal with that store you can push someone else to be a vanguard there and the basically it's just a net of people who want to support the game and bring more people in and bring more stores in and get events going and run demos and represent the company in the game like it and it is that you know it's the momentum it's that having games people seeing games played people knowing that they can get in games play those you know constant events to aim for and stuff like that i suppose that just helps any system really just yeah. you know you start start growing and people get interested and they see cool models and and all that kind of jazz and just yeah you know, exactly like, oh, oh what's this game oh what do you, oh, what do you do oh why, why have i just bought an entire faction yeah that old, <laughs> that old chestnut that's the best result yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit all right so i mean talked a lot about the game and and that kind of jazz, or the, the company and the background and stuff like that but Back to the actual game, I suppose, put you on the spot a little bit. What is your, if we're playing the game, what is the mechanic? What is the thing that happens in game that is just like your favorite thing? The thing that sets Conquest apart from everything else? I got two. Uh, they both sort of work on the same thing. So alternating activations and the command stack. So the command stack is every regiment and character in the game has a card. At the start of every round, you build your card. Uh, deck your command stack, your deck of cards in the order you're going to activate before you know who's going first for that round. So the game does have a priority system like Age of Sigma, um, but it's a case of you are going back and forth through your command stack without knowing if you're going to get the first card or if your opponent gets the first card. But it's that alternate activation along with that pre-planning for a whole turn um that i love uh because you've got to sit down for five minutes ahead of each round and go i want to go with this guy first and then i'm hoping that i can go with this guy if this guy's still alive or if i need to counteract that but it's planning against what your opponent's doing it's planning against what's on the board it's planning against objective it's planning against all of the special rules that are in the game and then yeah you get to go the back and forth it's so much fun with with the command stack, just a question that I just thought of. If you have, you know, you've got this scenario where one of your units is about to be demolished, so you've decided you want to go first with them. You don't get priority and they get smashed. Yep. When you draw that card, do you then go on to the next one in your deck or does it go back to your opponent? So if you have another regiment that's the exact same card, you have to go with a like a variant of that regiment, if that right. makes sense. So each card represents an entry, and it's not specific to a regiment. So it's not like you have a regiment of men-at-arms from 100 Kingdoms, uh, and then you've got another one on the other side of the board. It's not like, oh, this card's for that one on the left, and this card's for that one on the right. It's when you draw a men-at-arms card, you pick any regiment of men-at-arms you have on the board and go with it. So if you draw a, uh, a card of men-at-arms, of men and you have one on the board, you go with that. But if you draw one you don't have it on the board, you discard it and you draw your next card. Okay. So you're still getting that alternate. 
activation. Yeah, you're still getting the alternate so. activation, yeah, exactly. Unless, obviously, you've either run out of stuff that's not dead, um, or you've uh, <laughs> you've made a massive boo-boo and you've drawn into something that you didn't want to go at all. <laughs> Gotcha. But just just thinking on that, like that that probably plays into that concept of a mainstay unit really, really well, where you're going to have probably multiple of your mainstays, but what that gives you is a little bit of flexibility when you've got to adapt yeah. on the it's, fly. And I have to admit, like having played, I think I've I think I've nearly hit two hundred and some two hundred and twenty games, I think, at the moment of the game across two years, um, and having redundancy in a in one form of regiment is phenomenal even if you've got only got two of the one thing it just means that if you draw into it you've got options and the more you have of that the better because there's going to be some times where you're like i want to go with this and then your opponent does something you're not expecting and you're like well that changes everything good thing i can go with the other variant of that (laughs) yeah who would have thought options choices (laughs) tactics wow what is this craziness so all right that's that's mechanic and i suppose the other one i was i really wanted to because i feel like this is the bit that really gets people excited about the game is which is the faction that you just are all over all right i so i've got the the right answer to this one from me is a faction that's not out yet which is the city states um the answer that i'll give for for what i actually play in the game is the nords so um a massive part of my life as a whole has been Nordic and Greek mythology. Mm-hmm. City-states and Nords hit that to a T. So, because I can't have city-states yet, I'm still waiting, um, impatiently ever. Um, and that's where I will focus as soon as I release. But the Nordic, myth- the, the Nords themselves are absolutely amazing. They are they're your aggressive army. So, I played Orcs in Warhammer 40k. Um, I played Ogres in Warhammer Fantasy Battle. I tend to sort of shift a lot to aggressive armies. Nords hit that to the next level. So the whole army just wants to get in your face, roll a bunch of dice and chop things apart. Um, But they have some really interesting tricks that you can do with them. And a lot of their army is quite paper thin. So it's very much a glass cannon. But by by doing so, there's so many little things you can do. A lot of their regiments um, can be considered fairly cheap in the grand scheme of things. So you can actually get a lot of bodies on the board with different um, builds. Um, And with that as well, they all just punch a lot harder than you think they do. So the Nords have a special army rule called the Blood of the Unheria, um, which means as they take wounds, they start to hit harder and harder. So as soon as you deal a single wound to a Nord regiment, it gains the Fury Drawer event. So that means that whenever you draw their card, they get plus one attack. Um, now it's only on the engaged stands, so it's only basically the stands that are literally touching an enemy regiment. Um, but you know, for the most part, that's at least three extra attacks. Um, when they reach half their wounds or half their stands remaining, so if you've got a six stand block, you've got three remaining, they gain the flurry special rule, which means they get to re-roll all of their dice. So you can now you're now rolling a bunch of dice and you're getting extra attacks from the fury drawer event, and then you get to re-roll them with flurry. So yeah, they they basically are just the completely aggro army. Is is that a reroll all or a reroll misses just out of curiosity? Uh, it's a reroll failed. So okay. yep. yeah, that makes it so much better. <laughs> <laughs> so much better. Uh, um, and that actually that's actually a really big thing with conquest too that gets a lot of people. It's a roll low game. So ones and twos are your friend. Sixes you never want to see. <laughs> <laughs> That's just going to break my brain. Like I, I'm trying to think of the, you know, the it's the automatic dice counting piece where you go, you roll dice and you start grabbing the fails. Yep. I mean, that's the bit that would catch me for the first three <laughs> um, years. It, I reckon it still gets me now sometimes because your brain's still hardwired to go, oh six, that's a good one, um, yeah. and then you realise it's not what you want. <laughs> <laughs> so, conquest as a whole is an army game. There is a skirmish version though, too, isn't there? Yes. Yep. How does yes, that... it's called Conquest First Blood. How does that play in relation to, to the actual army version? So the massive difference between Conquest First Blood and Conquest Last Argument of Kings is First Blood doesn't use the stands. So you actually, if anybody hasn't seen Conquest, uh, every regiment has basically a square or rectangular base that all the models sit in, um, whether it be one model per stand for brutes, cavalry, characters, and monsters, or for an infantry, it's usually four models. 
Um, what First Blood does is you pop those models off the base, you put the stand in a box somewhere, and you place those models on the board, and it operates like your traditional tabletop game, where you've got just dudes on circle bases. Um, the structure of it's a bit different, so you're limited to the number of characters and regiments you can have in the faction, or in your army, sorry, um, and it the points are a lot lower. So for the most part, First Blood caps out at 800 points, um, compared to 2,000 points for the last argument of Kings, which is the, mm -hmm. the... I mean, you can obviously play more or less, um, but that's like your your standard ground is 2,000 points. Um, First Blood goes between 600 and 800 points. Um, and it sort of operates a little bit like uh, War Machine in the way that regiments work. So there's a central, uh, central um, model in the regiment that's uh, counted as the leader, and then all of the other dudes in the regiment have to be within a range of the leader to maintain coherency. But they can be wherever they want in that range. They don't have to be within an inch of each other or anything like that. They just have to be within his bubble. And then there's other rules that extend that bubble and spread it out, and characters can do the same. Um, and that's another thing, too, is characters in Last Argument of Kings are, have to be attached to a regiment. In First Blood, they're their own thing, and they're just running around doing champion things. So... Um, Bear in mind at the moment, the First Blood is going through a massive overhaul, so um, it was kind of a crushed-down version of Last Argument of Kings when it came out, and not a lot of it translated properly from a, uh, a massive army game down to a skirmish game. Um, but we're actually in playtesting and um, getting that all sorted for later this year to release the version 2 for First Blood, which is going to be a whole new game, basically. It's going to be very different. It's, it's still going to be the same style of game it's just going to be completely different to what it currently is to make itself its own game compared to the crush down version All right, cool. that sounds good oh yeah i mm. mean it's even just and i don't know how much is going to change obviously i know two turns of shit all but um i suppose the thing that surprised me is you know a lot of the time you go from army scale to skirmish game and you go from you know 100 models down to 10 and it sounds like there's still a, a quite a few more than that on the table. Yeah, so when you go down to First Blood, so you might be going from, say, 80 models as a, as a rough throwout for Last Argument of Kings. You might be down to, say, 20 to 30 for First Blood. And okay. that's if you're running, like, all infantry. Um, so, yeah, it's just, like, it's it's a lot smaller. Um, when the, the version 2 changes are basically just going to be, everything's just going to be slightly different to make it a standout game compared to, oh, I could just play Last Argument of Kings with this rule set. Um, so we do want to make it... And, and, and that's not saying, like, at the moment, I've played First Blood a few times, like, current version. It's great fun. It's a really, like, fast-paced skirmish game. It still runs on the alternating activations and the command stack. It's just you're moving one dude at a time instead of whole bricks of regiments at a time. Um, but it's just, like, when it progresses to version 2... There's just a lot of scope that we open up with being able to add in new things and change things that didn't quite translate properly. So yeah, it's just going to be it's going to be a better game than it is. And but that's not saying it's a bad one at all. It's still really good. It's a good way for people to get started in the game too, because you can buy like one or two boxes. Um, Parabellum's new single player starters give you four regiments and one character. You can quite literally turn that into a first blood army because most of those sit about seven eight hundred points. Perfect. Sweet. It's like they thought that through. It's like they thought that through. <laughs> and every character in those um, in those boxes can actually run every regiment in the box too. So, yeah, planned. Oh, oh. What? Check out the big brains on them. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's Amazing. great. Um, how do people find out more about Conquest? How, do, how, how does one go about in getting involved in the community? Like, do you mention uh, getting involved in the before? Yeah. Yeah, so there's the, the, the Parabellum have their official Conquest Discord. Um, mm -hmm. I'm, I'll give you guys a link, and if you guys want to chuck that on somewhere as well, that's a, that's a good way of getting in. Um, the staff of Parabellum are active on there quite a lot. Uh, all of the Vanguards are active on there quite a lot. If you've got any questions, rules questions, or community questions, or anything, it's all in there. There's a glass display for people to show off their miniatures um, and all their painting. And yeah, it's, it's and, and there's other um, language options too. So people, if, you know, if you've got... You know, German speaking or Spanish or anything like that. There's channels specific to that, so you don't have to, you know, worry about the mess that is the English language. Um, but yes, yeah, um, realistically, the Parabellum website, so para-bellum.com, 
read through all the lore, their eShops there, it shows you all the stock they have. They update that very regularly too, so if there's anything that's out of stock, it'll basically get flagged straight away. Um, they're always restocking as well, at least once every couple of months. Um, like at the stretch, usually it's once every month, things that are out of stock get added back in. Um, but yeah, like the, the Discord, the website, there's Facebook pages as well. Um, there's one we have here in Australia, which is Conquest, The Last Argument Australia. Um, the main one, which is sort of the global one, is called the First Argumentative Group. Um, there's obviously um, the Facebook page for my podcast, Shameless Plug, which is Vanguard Garage Gaming. Um, Monty and I are always active there. You can always reach out to us and ask us questions. Um, we also, uh, I, especially myself, spend a lot of time on the Discord uh, answering rules questions. Um, and then, yeah, if you go into any store... If a, if, one of the, if a store has Conquest, they're going to know some more as well. And that's a really good way of meeting other people who play the game. Uh, and if you go into a store and they sell Conquest and nobody plays the game, reach out to Parabellum and ask to be a Vanguard and start to push that. Parabellum are really supportive um, of communities. And if you can prove that you're you know doing what you can to, to build the community in your area, they'll help you as much as they physically can. And they, they're absolutely great to deal with. Um, they'll get back to you as soon as they physically can, because obviously, you know, time zones are a mystery for us. Um, so yeah, but no, they're, they're an absolutely fantastic company. They're really community driven. Um, I've had many a conversation with them about, um, you know, how Australia gets uh, treated by different games companies, um, and Parabellum definitely want nothing to do like that. So um, yeah, we're, uh, we're currently in the process, and that's sort of a role that I play, being because I, as I'm now, as of recently, employed by them. Um, and so I'm the retail relationship manager for Australia and New Zealand. So I'm actually handling sales and distribution for the game for Australia and New Zealand. So um, it's going to be a case of direct order. If a store goes, hey, we want Conquest, I reach out to them and I go, hey, let's get you some stuff. And we, we start going from there. And it's quick turnaround, direct shipping, done. I think oh, this is the first time we've had a celebrity on, Jase. <laughs> celebrity I'm might just, be a bit of a stretch I'm just, I'm just really impressed that you know just you know after we you know we've seen how australia gets treated by the rest of the the gaming companies like we're not feeling like oh, a redheaded stepchild <laughs> yeah <laughs> this, is, this is glorious oh, no, they 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 yeah they 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 really want the game to take off they really want the community to be driven and really excited um I'm currently trying to figure out when we can run an Australian tournament event, which will probably be, uh, at the moment, will be CanCon 2023, um, because I want to start it off with a bang. So why not be the biggest event we possibly can? So, But I've got to do a lot more legwork for that. It's currently just a pipe dream, but I'm sure I'll figure it out. <laughs> uh, CanCon's, CanCon's fun to run stuff at. Um, it's, it's, yeah, great fun. And just a great way to get eyes on the game too. Exactly, um, which is you know perfect. You know, and that's that's that. been sort of the biggest struggle of Conquest is because it literally came out in Australia at the start of COVID, <laughs> um, and so we uh, it, it's been a <laughs> been it's a been slow living in isolation. Build. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's been a slow build, um, but it's been it's been especially lately, probably within the last six to twelve months, it's really been picking up steam, um, and that's around the world and here in Australia. So, unreal. All right, so last. Final thoughts on Conquest. What is What do people need to know? What else? All right. Easiest thing to do. Check out all the rules. They're free. They're online. Um, all the erratas are there. All the rules are there. All the army lists are there. The army build is free to use as well. You can literally look at a PDF and go, I want that. Plus sign, plus sign, plus sign. Build a list on the spot. It can export to PDF. You can save it to it as a OneNote document or something. Bam, sort of easy access. Buy some minis. The starter deals are really, really good. Um, if you and a friend are interested in getting into Conquest, the two-player starter set is phenomenal value. It gives you, I think, about 800 points of 100 kingdoms and spires combined in one box. Uh, and I think even Australian dollar-wise, it's less than 300 and you get a lot of minis, plus the rule book, plus all the stands, plus objective markers easy sorted the single player stars if you don't want to go with 100 kingdoms or spies or if you do but you don't want to you know do the combined two player deal um they give you massive value too like i mentioned just before it's one character and four regiments for each faction that includes the old dominion that just came out the wadroon 
the orcs, which are the orcs on dinos, the Dwegholm, which are your angry dwarves, your Nords, which are your crazy Vikings, your spies, which are your space elves, and your hundred kingdoms, which are your, you know, Dudes. ye old ye old knights. Um, but yeah, like they're they're all great value. They're all a really good way to get into the game. Um, and you can just start tacking things on from there. Um, another really good initiative that Parabellum has done really recently with those starter sets is when you buy a starter set and you open it up, there's a bit of, bit of paper in there that says, hey, you might want these next. And it tells you different uh, parts of the army you can actually add on with the miniatures you can buy. So, for example, with the Nords one, if you want to go one, the, the bit of paper basically says, if you want to go one way with giants, buy this, this, and this. If you want to go a different way with infantry, go this, this, and this. Easy sorted. So they give you a way to plan out what to do next. Uh, Not just yes. buy everything. I do want I mean, five for that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, buy everything's a great option. I mean, that's how I ended up with about three armies at the very start of this. Um, but yeah, and then obviously the other way is um, listen to Monty and I natter on for hours and hours and hours at an end about the game. Um, I think we've broken 45 episodes now, and there's not many of them that are less than an hour. Um, and we go into a lot of tactical depth. Um, Monty's the smart man there. I'm just the voice. Um, and, and I'm just sort of the bumbling fool who happens to love rolling dice. But uh, no, the, the game itself has so much depth to it. And with all the changes that are happening to it as, the, as time goes on, the new factions are getting added in. Uh, the current projection is that there's i think parabellum have hinted there's about 20 factions in planning um so there's a massive scope to this game um and the current aim is to have uh one faction release every year um and fill out all the existing factions too and then when all the existing factions have everything that's in their army list released add new things to their army lists new stuff is always good new stuff is always good yeah there's a, there's a lot going on. <laughs> that two-player starter set box situation is really good segue that I definitely don't know all the details for, so I'm going to flick mm. straight to Breck there. <laughs> so if you're listening to this, you, you probably are well aware that we are giving away the two-player box set. So by all means, if this hasn't gotten you excited then then you're obviously dead inside but jump onto the facebook uh group there are two posts on there all you need to do on the first one like our post and tag a friend second one is pretty easy too. just mention the faction that you are most excited about both of those will get you an entry our patreons get for two free entries into the draw anyway and that's going to be drawn at the end of the month so at the end of this month early may somebody is going to be walking away with that two-player box kindly kindly donated by throw the dice yeah and the good news is your homework is done reese told you all the fractions yeah, you, don't, you don't even need to pretend to understand. You're like, we got an overview. Um, this is glorious. Um, so, yeah, that it's super pumped. It is a massive box. Uh, as you said, there is a lot of stuff in there, a lot of really pretty they, stuff. They physically can't fit anything more in it. I'm, <laughs> I'm mildly nervous about the shipping costs when I have to post this to somebody. Uh, yeah, that, that is, might be a bit scary. It is, it is a weighty tome. I'm really hoping it's someone local and I can just drive to their house, although with the price of fuel. Um, we we will not be rigging it, though, Jace. We'll, we'll be drawing this live on Twitch. So, <laughs> And as a uh, another shameless uh, segue from giveaways, uh, the Vanguard Garage Gaming Facebook page is currently doing a giveaway for the Dwegholm Hellbringer Drake. So the dragon with guns. Um, if you hop on there, you comment on the post with the hashtags Path of Conquest and Colors of Conquest. Unfortunately, it's colors without a U because it was written by somebody who wasn't me. Um, but... Uh, Put a picture uh, of uh, put a picture of your hobby up, your gaming, your painting, anything to do with conquest. Um, gets you an entry into the draw, and I'm going to draw that. I think it's on the first of May. I've got it set up to go, so uh, and that'll go off to somebody. Excellent. Wait, Look, just free stuff, stuff coming out of orifices <laughs> everywhere. Everywhere. All right. If people do want to hear more from you, Reese and Monty, what? Where's the website? What's the? Where do they hear from? So we have so our podcast, uh, Vanguard Garage Gaming, is available. I think on just about everything these days. So Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, um, Podbean. It's all hidden away in there. Um, the main website for it is Anchor.fm forward slash Vanguard Garage Gaming. 
Um, that's just where it's hosted from. All of the episodes are there. But basically, as soon as I upload them there, they spread out into the ether and go all across the World Wide Web. And then it's not my problem anymore. So, um... <laughs> Fuck the internet is magic. It's <laughs> <laughs> exactly it. But um, no, yeah, so you can listen to us anywhere, basically. Um, otherwise, it's all via Anchor. Um, and yeah, there's, like I said, 45 episodes. They're all really long. Monty and I sit down quite a lot and go through the faction focuses as a, as a main thing. So we go through the entire army list give you some cool little combos, give you some ideas across all the faction stuff, including what has released and what hasn't released. Um, and we'll keep updating those as time goes on. That's excellent, mate. <laughs> Expert advice. I love it. That is definitely not what anyone is getting here up until this episode. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway... That is everything I have to say. So I have to say a massive thanks for coming on board and just having a chat. And, and no, you know, man, thanks for having us. It's been good. That was uh, really much cool. Much appreciated. Oh, any, any opportunity for me to wax lyrical about Conquest, I'm more than happy to do. So I, I did not need to get excited about another game. <laughs> this, is, this is not what I needed in my life. I, um, I run a, a friendly nickname locally here called The Hype Train. So um, as long as I can chatter about something, uh, I can usually twist at least someone's arm into it. <laughs> no, those, is... those undead, man, they're sounding more and more intriguing. Oh, mate, and you haven't even seen some of the models that are coming for it. They're going to be absolutely glorious. Oh, this is not good. I didn't need this. All right. We're going to stop talking before I start spending. Uh, <laughs> thanks again so much for coming on board. As always, you can catch us on all of the things that you can probably catch Vanguard Garage Gaming on. The pod beans and the Twitches and the Twid beans and the whatnots. Yes. There is a Discord. There is a Discord. You should not only jump in our, twi- our Discord and chat to us, but also jump in this Conquest Discord. Uh, Jace will no doubt post the links in the episode description. Uh, but, yeah, by all means, any questions, come in, jump in, have a chat with us. And if it's very much Conquest-based, then by, uh, grab grab a spot in this Conquest Discord. That's sounding great. Talk to the yeah. people involved with the game. What is this? A direct channel into the, you know, you basically, this is the voice of God. They are the makers. Uh, All right. That's enough. I'm getting silly. Thanks (laughs) Thanks. again so much for coming on board. Thanks for having us, guys. It's been great. That was unreal. Excellent. Thanks all. Laters. Ciao, ciao. Oh, man.